Hey, Beyond family, Harvey here. I want to take a moment to pause before we jump into this week's episode and say a little something myself. As the producer of this podcast, I have been trying to decide what content to put out there and was looking back through some of our previous content. And it came across a conversation that we had with Mr. Chad Carr. And it hadn't been released yet, and it had been one that I had been holding on to, but as I was listening to the podcast and thinking about what was going on today, I could not believe how relevant this information still is today. If you think about it, not much actually has changed. Yes, more businesses have closed, money has stopped flowing, but the process in which we are going to help people hasn't changed. So listen to the advice that Chad has and see if you come away with the same takeaway that I do. And that is that the best thing we can do is be there for our business owners, be there for our clients, find out what's going on, what they need, and then find out how we can help them solve those problems. Doing these things will ensure that Beyond continues to keep growing and that we keep serving the local communities that we are all involved in. I hope everybody has a great weekend and enjoys getting to spend some time with their family. With that, let's jump into our conversation with Chad Carr and Lindsay Perry. Hello, friends. Lindsay Perry here, and we are thrilled that you're joining us for our Beyond the Woods podcast. This season is all about your story and how you found success. Throughout this season, you will hear from your Beyond family on how they found success and how you can take a page right out of their guide. In this episode, we will be learning from our Chief of Business Tools and Products, Chad Carr, and we will join him on his road trip to learning the ropes. Hey, Chad, how are you doing? Hey, good morning, Lindsay. Hey, just a correction. Um, I, 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 it's not Brad Carr. It's Chad Carr. Oh. And I think a lot of people get me confused sometimes with Brad Pitt. The like resemblance, that happens I a see lot. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to make sure for anybody out there, you know, because I know this gets recorded too. And if mm-hmm. people are looking at me, that, right. that can be confusing. Well, and so. we don't want to cause, you know, the emails to go to the wrong place. Right, it's right, right. Chad car yeah, common if you, confusion if you email brad pitt at getbeyond.com you will not get me it's chad car just for those people watching at home no no we really appreciate that okay, that helps clear things up for sure but uh <laughs> chad how do i even follow that i mean i don't even know what to do now that's perfect so uh, why don't you take a little time introduce yourself chad car not brad pitt and uh introduce yourself to everybody and let them know what you do for us here at beyond yeah so thanks i'm obviously chad car unless you're looking it's confusing. I know it happens to me all the time. Um, and I am the chief of business tool products, which I always introduce myself at meetings with like the most unusual title in the world. I don't think there's anyone else that has that title. And to understand it, you really have to think about the name of our company, right? Because right. the long name of our company is above and beyond business tools and services for entrepreneurs. Well, if you think about the services, that's pretty clear, right? We know mm-hmm. that primarily we're in the merchant processing business and But there are a lot of other things that we do, and I'm in charge of 
you know, I'm certainly not in charge of them. We have lots of product leaders. We have lots of product owners, but I'm sort of there to give the executive level overview of that and help provide resources, problem solve for a lot of people who really, if you think about it, they've sort of been on an island, right? Mm. Like we bought, Bob bought a lot of companies and mm-hmm. all of those people were executives, chief executives of, as I like to say, I used to be the president of dealership management was sort of like being the president of nothing, right? We had a little (laughs) 10 person operation, but taking somebody who's been that in that role where they were everything, they had to do everything, chief cook and bottle washer and helping them to integrate into a company where we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of people, we have a lot of egos. We have a lot of different products that people can sell and trying to help of all the different players figure out how do we play nice together. You know, somebody who's always done their own marketing suddenly says, oh my gosh, I have a marketing department. That's wonderful. But what does that mean? Right. Right. Or I know my thing when I got acquired, I thought, oh my gosh, a sales team. What? Wow. (laughs) This is my ticket, right? All I have to do is figure out how to get these guys to sell my stuff and we'll sell a million. Well, yeah, we didn't sell a million. So trying to figure out why aren't we selling a million of things and what we can mm-hmm. do to maybe get to 10 or 15 or 100, 150, that sort of thing. So it's a it's a wide ranging role that lets me interact with a lot of different people. But mm-hmm. um, that's my, you know, in 137 paragraphs or less, that's my description. Well, and the thing that I think is so cool about your role is, like you said, merchant services, that's that's a staple of what we do. But I think most of our listeners know and understand that that's really not the future of our industry. We need to adapt and grow with our industry. And with that comes the additional products, the payroll and the back of house stuff that we have to help people and our SaaS and just all of the other things that we have. That's really what's going to keep us relevant and take beyond to that next level. And without having you and your team we're really reliant upon a lot of outside people that don't necessarily do things the beyond way. So I'm really yeah. glad we have, we have you and we have your team here to bring us into that next level. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because um, I mean, if, if you look at what's going on in the world, if you look at uh, what's going on in the press around this, I mean, everybody talks about this being more and more and more of a commodity all the time. I know Bob doesn't agree with this and mm-hmm. I, I uh, tend to agree with Bob, more often than I don't, it's wise and he's wise. So, uh, but you know, this whole concept of the race to zero, really not true because so many, so much more volume is going through the, it, with credit cards these days that the average account today is much bigger in margin than it was even 10 years ago. So the race to zero is kind of garbage, but it is very competitive. And if you're going to differentiate yourself and you want to figure out how you're going to differentiate yourself on something other than price, Uh, you know, we got to be thinking outside of the box. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that Bob Carr has been doing since before uh, founding Beyond, this was certainly back in the days at OPC, was thinking outside of the box. Mm -hmm. How do we build the value for our merchants? And one of those ways is by integrating with other products. And Mm -hmm. so many of the things, the things that I hear salespeople complain about in terms of what it's like to run an appointment, what it's like to get an appointment, what it's like to build value, what it's like to differentiate ourselves, the answers are here. We have lots of ways to do that here at Beyond that other competitors don't have, but we have to figure out how do we help our sales team not only understand that, but incorporate that into their day-to-day activities, their day-to-day lifestyle. Uh, we are different. Uh, we have a lot more than anyone else really has to mm-hmm. offer, but you have to get your hands around what that is. And it's a um, lot. It is a lot. Right. And, and I think that's where people get really afraid. They're like, you know, how do I go from knowing nothing to knowing everything? 
I don't know how you do that either. Right. One like bite at a time. Yeah, right? Like I'm like, I'm so bad at brain surgery that like, I won't even do more than one a month. Right. Cause <laughs> the patients keep dying. So. <laughs> so I mean, you know, remind you me take to take a little myself bit of off this, of your take list. Off my list is welcome. Thank you. Uh, but I really think, you know, we need to help my job and my team's job is to help break that down into things that people can consume. Mm hmm. And in a way that can be of great benefit to them in their other activities. Right. So, mm -hmm. and I know that that's been a challenge because mm -hmm. when, when I first came here and I've talked with sales leadership about this in the past and what, before I was in this particular role, I was one of those product leaders, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was one of the companies that was acquired early on. In fact, the first company that was acquired and I thought, oh my God, look at this. At the time it was 50 salespeople, mm -hmm. right? But if I could have 50 salespeople, we're going to sell everybody in the country. And myself and four or five other product leaders would go around with Bob and the sales leadership team and talk to these salespeople. And it was like we were carnival barkers, right? Just sell mm. my product. You can sell my product and get this much margin. Here's what the market looks like. And didn't think about it from the salesperson's point of view, mm. like where you imagine you're new, you understand maybe one thing, maybe you know payroll, maybe you know payments, maybe you know something else. Uh, and all now you've got five or six people standing up there saying why you should sell their product. And we were all competing to be, you know, the best at it. Right. Right. I want to be the best carnival barker out there and get everybody into my tent. And that was absolutely not what anybody needed. And all we did was create a lot of confusion for the salespeople. We made it seem like this giant mountain to climb to understand mm -hmm. all these products. And, and um, you know, it was a disservice at the beginning. And I think that's a big part of why Bob eventually moved me into this role right. uh, was because he recognized that and needed to do something to try to help solve that. That's one of my favorite things about Bob and about beyond is if we find out, and especially Bob, if something is not working, we're going to fix it. We are mm -hmm. going to find a way to fix it. We are resilient. I know um, the training team, we like to make jokes that we're kind of like weeble wobbles, you know, like, <laughs> You can hit us and we're going to weeble and we're going to wobble all over the place, but we're not going to fall down because we're all in it. We're here with the same end goal. And that end goal is making beyond wildly successful. And I've been in companies before where our executives, I mean, you're our chief, you're one of our chiefs. And to have you sit here and say, we know we didn't do it right the first time around. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to do it right now. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to turn it around we're going to correct, make things better and get you what you need so you can go out there and do your job and change our communities and help our people in our communities. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that's so critical. You know, I mean, everybody's heard if, if you know, if you're a hammer, you think everything's a nail. And I think we really have to, you know, this is this from a leadership point of view, from a corporate point of view, certainly from a product team point of view. We have to figure out how do we, we can't just say, here's how I did it, or here's how I would do it. We have to give people the tools they need to figure out how they're going to do it, right? Everybody's yes. on their own journey. Everybody has their own skills. And um, really think people have responded really well to that. I don't mm -hmm. have anybody on my team that uh, when you, when you say, let's try to find another way, let's try to find another right thing to talk about that says, no, no, that's got to be this way, right? My way or the highway. Well, I mean, that's crazy. There's a lot of highways and there's a lot of ways. There's just a few that run through the U S you know, just, <laughs> just a handful, but right. you're not wrong. I mean, it's, 
we all are proud of what we're doing, but we're not so prideful that we can't say, Hey, we need, we need to do over. We need to try this again. And it's just, it's really encouraging. I know it's kind of future proofing. If you think about it, it, it gets us to where we know we're going to be set up to be successful because we are willing to make the changes that are necessary. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things that I think is so key in that, and it, it goes back to really the attitude of the company, core value of the company. And one of the things that I think is really fantastic and, and I think kind of unique. I mean, it's certainly not the only company in the industry or in the world that's like this, but you know, Bob really gets, I mean, our CEO, sorry, maybe a little too familiar to just keep calling it Bob, but, but he really understands that the value of this company is built on the backs of our sales team. Yes. And so if something's not working for the sales team or for individuals on the sales team, he's looking for a solution because he wants everyone to have the opportunity to be successful and understands that that all rolls up into us being successful as a, as a unit. I mean, mm -hmm. you see it in the service center, right? Mm -hmm. People, the attitude of our service center, the people that answer the phone isn't, well, this is how it's done. It's right. how can we help you get this done? And that, I, that, I do think that emanates uh, from the team, mm -hmm. you know, that the, and not just our CEO, right. But the Everybody. team that he's put together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible thing. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. Chad, I want to circle back. You made mention when your company was acquired mm -hmm. that there were 50 salespeople. So fun fact for our listeners, if, if you did not know when beyond launched, we launched with 50, with 50 sales professionals, 50 people that we were really proud to have be a part of this. And Chad and I had an incredible opportunity being that I was the only trainer at the time and building everything from scratch. Chad and I got to work together quite a bit and get to know each other. And I, I've had the opportunity to hear some of his stories about his life prior to beyond. And I want to go kind of back in history with you just a little bit, Chad, and mm -hmm. talk about why are you, why do you even accept a crazy job with a crazy title <laughs> here at beyond where you're working in sales and you're doing all this stuff. Why, why beyond for you? It's really interesting. I don't think it will be a surprise to people. I've known Bob for a long time and he's known me since, you know, about 10 minutes after I was born. He is my uncle. And so I've had the privilege of uh, watching his career over a long time. And my family also started their own business, my folks, and certainly never came anywhere near the success, but we certainly kept an eye on what Bob was doing over the years. And, uh, you know, it certainly, certainly would be silly to not say that we hadn't talked to him more than once or twice and try to figure out, you know, what could we be doing better? But honestly, I mean, I, I've been very, very fortunate in my life and the timing of things was very fortunate. I don't, when, when Bob, approached us about buying our company, it was a complete and utter shock. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of it was driven by the timing of things, right? He had mm -hmm. just sold the previous company and saw an opportunity that I certainly didn't see. And I could, you know, take 10 minutes and go through that story, but I won't. And then again, when he decided to ask me to move from the role at dealership management into this, he saw an opportunity that I didn't see. Mm -hmm. And I was thrilled, right? I mean, what a great opportunity to to come and work uh, with such great people in the corporate office and do all these things. But I honestly, I spent the first couple of months going, oh my gosh, what in the heck? How long is it going to be before mm. people figure out that I don't belong here? How mm. long before people understand, right? And I was really scared. And I, I honestly, I thought, and I think there's a truth to this, right? I'd been, I'd 
grew up in a family business, so I know mm -hmm. people think, oh, you know, he's the son of the owners. How easy? Why doesn't he? Do it? I was right. worried about that again. I also knew from growing up in a family business that the only two things you can do about that is admit that they're true, that you don't belong there or work twice as hard as everybody else so that Absolutely. they at least know that you're trying to belong there. So it really, I mean, I think Bob saw some things that I didn't see, but what's really, he is, he is smarter than the average bear because what I started realizing as he, you know, he had asked me to start working with the other product leaders um, who again had all had similar experiences to me, right? They had been small businesses that we bought and tried to figure out how to integrate them. Well, I had been purchased and I had tried to figure out how to integrate my business in with the beyond culture. But as I started talking to all those other businesses that I was working with, which were mostly the software things, right? It really became apparent that I had done everything, right? I'd already mm. done, like I spent 25 years running a small software business. I've mm -hmm. done everything, literally, including in high school, I cleaned the bathrooms, right? I mean, mm. so I've literally done everything, right? <laughs> but I, you know, I've, I've sold, I've been the person mm -hmm. responsible for data collection. I've taken the service calls. I've done, I've been the guy that went out there and promised software vaporware that didn't exist so that I could come back with a check in order to make payroll. Yeah. Right? And then I was the guy who had to sit down with the programmers and figure out, well, how are we going to get this done in the next two weeks <laughs> so that I don't look like a liar in front of my clients, right? right. Um, I've been the person who was responsible for hiring programmers, for letting people go. I've done, I mean, now all on a much, much smaller scale than we're trying to do at Beyond. At, at the mm -hmm. biggest, we were a 25-person organization. And at the smallest, down to five. But mm -hmm. I've experienced that too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when the Great Recession hit, guess who was in charge? I was in charge and figured out how to keep the business alive for another 10 years. So mm. I also understand what our clients have been through, right. right? A lot of what our clients have been through. So I think a lot of, it took me probably four or five months for me to realize just how much Bob knew what he was doing when he moved <laughs> me into this role. And I appreciate it greatly. And now that I, once I understood that I started settling into, okay, well, how can I help? And it mm. first started with, you know, how can I help these other people who are going through the transition I'm going through in order to understand how to take advantage of these resources. And then very quickly uh, translated into thinking back to my days in sales, which mm -hmm. were most of my career, right? Mm -hmm. And most of my life I was in sales and um, how can we help? How can I help these people help the sales team to help us, right? Let yes. me help you help me right? Yes. Selfishly, of course. But so I think that background and being able to bring that background in to the role has been very, very helpful. And I also think the fact that I had never been, never had anything to do with a large company, right? I mean, mm -hmm. at the biggest 25 people, always responsible for figuring out how to make payroll, never really making very much money as a small business, always not struggling, but, you know, striving, I guess. Has Similar also brought story a new, to a lot of our clients, a lot of you know? our clients. And yeah. so it really has helped me have a, a good mindset in terms of, again, I feel like if I can put myself in a lot of different people's shoes, mm -hmm. then you can try to help figure out what's the best answer and what's the best approach. Well, so, and speaking from a personal standpoint, I just know how every time you come here to Tulsa and we have the opportunity to work with you, one, it's a blast. We always have a really good time, guys. <laughs> Fun fact about Mr. Chad Carr here is he's got a lovely singing voice and he's not afraid to serenade a room of people when he's walking in. And he's, you're just, you're genuinely a really kind person. You're a very happy person and that's infectious. But beyond that, beyond the feels that you give people when you come in, we always take a handful 
of things away from our conversations because like you said, you know what it's like to be our client. Mm -hmm. You know what it's like to be in our seat training the salespeople and trying to help them understand things. And you're, you've become a pretty impressive translator for beyond. You speak a lot of different departmental languages. Well, thank and, you. I try. <laughs> and it's, it's really helpful. And I know even just watching how it was a few months back, you, a group of the, the executives all came into Tulsa. We had a big meeting and even just seeing how you and the marketing team and the IT team and the sales training team and the sales team and the way we were all able to start connecting dots that maybe we didn't even see before. It was a really cool experience and it's something that I, I don't think you always give yourself enough credit for is your ability to help connect those departments, connect those dots and get people working together. So, uh, well, I appreciate that. I think personal experience. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm very lucky. I've learned a lot from a lot of people and yeah. I've tried to, you know, I try to constantly work on improving myself, but I think the number one thing there is, you know, if you can sit across the table from somebody and, you know, give them credit for, they probably have something valuable going on in their head too. And uh, not thinking that you, I, I just read a book the other day, reading a book, I'm still reading it. I'm a slow reader. And it said that, you know, the height of all egotism is to think that, you know, everything there is to know. Mm. Right. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and so I think for me, uh, you know, being able to try to keep listening, uh, you know, aggressive listening to try to understand what's that other person have to offer is really good. And then being able to integrate that into your, into your thinking, I think is really valuable. I mean, think about this. If we, if, if everybody spent all day sitting around waiting for the person above them to tell them what they needed to do or how they should do it, or the best way to do it, we'd be, we'd be miles behind where we are right now. We, mm. we hire smart people who are capable of what they're to do things. And you know, we need to work with each other to hear each other's perspectives and help each other get to the goal, which I think we all share, right? Hey, Alyssa. What, Harvey? Do you know what would be super awesome? A whole bunch of puppies? Yes, but also how our listeners can support the pod. Yes, that's awesome too. You can support the pod by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing on all of your social media. Alyssa, I think you nailed it. Thanks. So Chad, on this road trip that we're taking here, I wanna talk a little bit about and dig into when you said you're here to help the product leaders, help the salespeople, help the product leaders, help our customers, and and so on and so forth. And I know from one of your stories you and I shared earlier that uh, that comes from a, a very personal place for you. Why don't you tell our people about it? Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things that I think happens, uh, we have so much to offer as a company. There's so many different products. There's so many different services that we have. There's so many different industries we can serve that I think a lot of times people become sort of paralyzed by fear. Like, how am I mm. gonna know it? There's this, no, I, I know this for sure. There's nothing that bothers a salesperson more, nothing they're more afraid of than looking like an idiot in front of their client. I mean, like they'd True. rather be standing on the edge of a cliff 10,000 feet up with no rope 
than the than the worry about looking like an idiot in front of their client because that's their mm-hmm. trade, right? I mean, I am a relationship builder. People trust mm-hmm. me. They feel good about me. And so nobody likes to go out and, you know, be the guinea pig or sell something that they don't know if it's going to work, et cetera, and so forth, which really comes around to a fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I, I'm sure he didn't make it up, but something my father taught me early on is that nothing breeds confidence like competence. Mm. Right. If you're competent at something, right, then you're probably going to be confident doing it. So um, how do you get there? How do you get to be competent so that you can be confident? And I think, you know, one of the things that's most important in that, and I think this is something that I see um, with new people a lot, and 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 not just in this organization, but in, in organizations around us, what is your attitude about the unknown, mm. right? If your attitude is that you're going to search out somebody who's going to teach you something and that you're going to be willing to learn and all that kind of stuff, that's not enough. You have to have the attitude, not of being willing to be taught. You have to have the attitude of being eager to learn. Yes. Right? If you make it my responsibility to teach you, then you are putting the locus of control of your future on me. Mm. And I may be a good teacher. I may not be a good teacher. It has to be in your control. You have to have the attitude that you are going to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to, if, if you are prepared to learn, you will learn even if the teacher sucks. Very true. If the teacher is amazing and you come to the class saying, I can't wait to see what they're going to teach me, you're not going to learn anything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that goes to motivation, right? What is the motivation? Now, for me, and this is this was such an interesting thing when for me, when I started working with my folks after I got done with the bathroom cleaning phase, I went into (laughs) sales, right? Because I sort of have that personality and I've been selling since I was probably about eight years old. But um and so I, I was selling what is really an extremely complex product, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I when I say complex, I'm not understating that. For those of you who think it's complicated to go out and sell POS, our company built software that was not only a point of sale, it was the accounting software, it was the inventory management software, it was the customer relationship management software, it was the service management software, it was all integrated, mm. and we did everything in multiple different industries, right? And here I am, 25, 26, I don't really know much of anything. So it's really intimidating, right? So what was my motivation? Because I wanted to learn how to do it. And I'm a driven person. You know, I like to learn. But honestly, what happened is I didn't know, right? So I would, I, I didn't know how to do the demos. I didn't know how to do these things. And so I would get appointments set up. You know, which I know is one of the things that we teach people here to do is, you know, just get the appointment and we've got the resources to help you. And um, I would get the appointments and then I'd call in the expert who knew everything and could do these mm-hmm. demos. Well, in our company, that was my mother. Mm. And this was in the um, this was in the early 90s. Like the internet still made those funny noises when you dialed the phone, right? So you didn't do internet demos. We literally put computers in the backseat of a car and drove around the country doing demos together. So here I am, 25, 26, 27, driving around the country, seeing new exotic places with my mother. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, that was a pretty big motivator to be able to do demos and presentations on my own. Okay. Uh, because not only did she want to go everywhere together, which I needed to tour, right? It's part of right. my income too. But like, you know, she thought, well, why, what, why, 
couldn't we just stay at, you know, let's just share a room. You know, I'm just your mom. Uh, no, mom. <laughs> or, yeah, that's great. We'll leave at 830. But could you bring me orange juice at 715 so I can help wake up? Uh, no, mom. No, mom. <laughs> so I was really, really motivated to learn how to do demos on my do, own. Do we need to bring in our sales reps' moms to yes, go out in the field yes. with them? Yes. If right, you guys, don't know you this, your it, mom is going to come mom. with you. Harvey says no. He says no. He doesn't want his mom coming. Oh, but, but what a great motivator. But, and, and, and I, I don't mean to disparage her. She was wonderful and she taught me a lot, but I was really motivated, right? So, you know, how do you get yourself motivated? And, you know, for, for, for I think if, for me, I always, I, I've never ever, I mean, even honestly, two days ago, we were looking at a demo of something that was being done by Salesforce, right? They know a little bit about software. They know a little about, about selling. And I'm sitting there being a consummate salesperson thinking I could do this demo better. Oh, right? I bet that drives you nuts. <laughs> so, but I mean, every salesperson does that, right? I mean, you're thinking, okay, I, I mean, at some point, if somebody else is running your appointment, at some point, you're looking at your customer, you're looking at the person running the appointment, you're thinking, oh, I wish they wouldn't do that. I wish they wouldn't oh, say oh, that. Oh, don't say that. Right. Stop, stop. So how do you get yourself to the point where you're competent in order to be able to do that yourself, right? And so I think about some of those things. And, you know, obviously, one of them is the attitude, the learning mm -hmm. attitude. I want to learn it, right? That eagerness. The eagerness. But you know, then how else are you going to do it? Like, so how are you going to learn something? First of all, pick something, right? Don't say, I'm going to learn every product. I'm going to learn every service that we have. You can't do that overnight. You can do that over six months, but you can't do it overnight. So something that you feel like you might be interested in. And then do things, take advantage of the resources that are here. We have people who, if you have somebody who says, oh yes, I'm interested in payroll. We have people who will do a payroll demo for you. Mm -hmm. We have people who will do a point of sale demo for you. We have people, we have those resources, but don't go in there and be on your phone texting mm -hmm. people while you're there. Be taking notes. How's your customer reacting? What would you do differently? How would you do it differently? Um, how, and then practice it, right? Mm -hmm. Get a demo yourself. Have an opportunity to do a demo yourself. Have the and then practice, practice, practice until you're comfortable with it. And I think this is really key. This was really, really important for me. I was probably six years into doing these demos, uh, you know, of this really complicated software. When it finally dawned on me, I am never, ever, ever going to know all the answers. Somebody always comes up with something I've never heard before. And that could be a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Absolutely. Like, especially, I mean, I, literally, I, I, I guarantee there is nobody in the United States of America alive today that knows more about accounting in the manufactured housing <laughs> industry than I do. My, my mom, when my mom was alive, she knew more than me. But no one else knows that. Now, that and $2.50 will get you a cup of coffee. But they still would ask me questions that I don't know the answer to. So right. what's your strategy for that? Don't worry about it. Just have a strategy. So, mm -hmm. you know, things like, hey, that's a great question. I think the answer might be this, but it sounds really important to you. So I'm going to find somebody else to get the real actual answer. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not the end of the appointment. You have to. Right. Then it. it's like, what other things are really important for you to know before you'd be able to move forward? Mm -hmm. Because that was such a good question. I'm thinking maybe I should write down some of those other things. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, you'll know the answer to those questions the next time. But just know you're not going to know all the answers and have a strategy for it. And then remember, you're a salesperson. So if we have the right answers to those questions, 
Is there anything else that would keep you from moving forward that I should find out so I can get you answers on that too? Try right? to get it all at once. Yeah, it's this is still sales. It's not product. You know, we're not asking you to be Wikipedia. We're asking you to be a salesperson, and we have resources, but have a strategy for how you're going to re- use those resources. So, so really quick before we move on here, speaking of the you know demo having the resources and the strategy. I remember you telling me about one of the best payroll demos that you saw given here and how the salesperson had prepped for it. And they really partnered with the person giving the demo and had questions where instead of putting the complete onus on the the person giving the demo, they had done their homework. Oh, absolutely. And done yeah. their prep. Would you share a little bit about what your perspective as a professional demo giver what that was like? Well, so, I mean, I think one of the things that we have that's really important is, you know, we we're, we do not have and are not going to put in place the resources to fly product experts all over the country to run an appointment with you. It's just not going to happen. So it's going to be done remote. And if you're in sales, which you are in sales, you know that there are important things like body language and facial mm-hmm. expression that you can tell when you're there that the person on the other end of the phone can't. And what happens, and we're all guilty of it, right? I'm guilty of it, um, is that we get so enamored with our product that we just and we can't see what the customer is doing. So we just right. keep thinking, oh, one more feature, one more feature. And you know, if you've ever done this, that there's a point in the conversation where you think, oh my God, please stop, please stop. So we can't run the appointment, right? I mean, sometimes right. we can, right? And some of us can do it better than others, but you're supposed to run the appointment. So what you need to do yeah. is understand, if you can get one of our experts on the phone and say, hey, listen, I'm gonna pick on Scott Roberts just because he's really fun and I'm sure he won't mind. If you get on the phone and say, hey, Scott, this person is interested in workforce and I don't know anything, can you show it all to them? Guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna show you everything. That's what you mm-hmm. asked him to do. Right. If you say, hey, Scott, I'm talking to this person and they said they have a real issue with scheduling. Can you show them some things about scheduling? And then Scott's going to start showing them things about scheduling and interrupt him when the customer looks like they've seen enough. Interrupt him and say, hold on, Scott. I just want to say, Mr. Customer, can tell me what you think about this so far. What else do you need to see about this? Does this look valuable? Scott, what's the answer to that? Okay, I'd like to move on to something else. What else do you need to see? Right. We have people who know these products backwards and forwards inside and out. And I guarantee you, like if you want Sherry Cronin to give you a payroll demo in Japanese, she'll figure out how to speak Japanese by the time your mm-hmm. demo runs around, right? Mm-hmm. But tell her what you need. Don't just say, oh, Sherry, would you please Be run my specific. payroll demo and see if you can close them up? Mm-hmm. Right? That's not going to work. Be specific and Be specific. And if you don't know what questions to ask beforehand, guess what? Those people are there. Their phone numbers work just like Bob's mm-hmm. does. Call them up. What questions should I know? Mm-hmm. They'll help coach you through that. Um, you don't have to be the expert on all these things. You have to be the salesperson and the relationship manager, and we can bring in the experts on those things. That's, yes, it, because I think that's one of the things we, as, as a salesperson, if you've never been in a space where your your product requires a demo, you're not really used to that partnership. And if you treat it right, Scott is my partner. And if I've got a partner, we need to prep together. We need to approach this like we're going to win or lose this account together. And that was when you shared that story with me, I just remember thinking, I need everybody to hear this because yeah, we can ask them to give a demo and they're gonna show all sorts of features and they're gonna wow them to the best of their ability. But if we're in there reading that body language and we're in there, keeping the temperature of what's going on. We're not a salesperson anymore. We're a professional. 
Earlier, you you mentioned that you had to learn a really complicated product in a very short amount of time. And other than everybody here at Beyond taking their mom out on the road with them, <laughs> what other pointers do you have for our sales squad on becoming true sales professionals with Beyond's product offerings? Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think you know, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that confidence comes from competence, right? And But competence doesn't just come naturally. You're not, you're not going to get it just by doing it three times or five times or 10 times. You got to challenge yourself. And so when I when you know, we talked about me driving around and literally it was driving around the country right so one of the things that uh, I did that really I still do this to this day and you know some people think it's weird to be talking to yourself but I really would I really liked the idea of turning off the radio or podcast or whatever you're listening to and just reviewing the appointment how did I sound what questions did they ask I didn't know what would I do differently next time how could I be better at this I mean, you can be your own best critic. You probably like yourself better than anyone else does. So if it didn't sound good to you, you can probably figure out how to fix it. But mm-hmm. don't just jump right into what's on the news or your favorite song. Think about it. Play, you know, play the tape back in your head and, and do better. So but that's one, right? Really just check yourself and kind of like check that game film almost. Right. I mean, you know what you expect of yourself. And if you didn't do good, don't beat yourself up. Say, how would I do that better again? You're going to get another chance. Trust me, you're only a block and a half away from the next prospect. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's very true. Uh, Another thing and this, you know, I used to be young. Uh, Now I have a lot of gray hair and people assume I know what I'm talking about because I look old. But when I was 25 and driving around and all the business owners were older than me, you know, I didn't have the experience. I didn't have um, sort of the the worldliness. And one of the things that somebody taught me really early is the power of stories. And I know uh, Carrington and I have talked about this recently too, but the power of stories and just stealing other people's stories. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of great examples out there. You don't have to know somebody or have met somebody who has the actual problem. We have like 16,000 merchants. So if you use an opener like, Many of our clients have told us, you can basically fill in after that with any story that's relevant to the point you're trying to make, and it will be honest, right? So if you were at the bash last year, Carrington got up and he made some great examples, gave us some great examples of how the schedule product would have helped him in his pizza business that he owns, right? And everybody's like, wow, that's really great. Well, you don't have to own your own pizza business. You can say, hey, one of our VPs owned a pizza business and this happened to him. Right. Right. Um, I use it all the time when people say, do you have a good pizza software? And I say, well, one of our VPs owns a pizza shop and he says this one is the best he's ever seen. Right. Mm. It's not my story, but you make it your story. And that gives you that kind of expertise and that confidence that you need. Um, Another one that I, I found... And, you know, I, I when I came in, into my role from dealership management, one of the first things I wanted to try to do was understand how would I sell these products? Right. I don't think it makes any sense to go tell salespeople, here's how you should sell this product if you haven't sold the product. So I was still living in Davenport. I'd lived there for 20 years before I moved to Princeton. I had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends that owned businesses. I had a lot of friends in nonprofits. So I would go and I'd sit down with them. I'd say, one of the products that I am trying to figure out how I would sell is this, and I don't really understand it, but they're telling me, the people I work with, that it would apply to your business. 
could you spend a half hour with me, an hour? Let me explain this to you and you tell me what I should understand about this. Is this important to you? Does this have value to you? I mean, call up, you know, so you've got a buddy that you that's processing with you that owns a, a bar, for example. Uh, find a slow time and say, would you please do me a huge favor? I'll host my next birthday party here. <laughs> would you please take a look at a payroll demo with me and help me understand? I don't understand payroll. You have employees. Would you help me understand this so that I could go out and sell it? You're not trying to sell them. You're asking them for help. You may end up selling them. You may end up selling them, right? But it's a great way to be able to do that and start getting in a supportive environment with people you know, right? And you can learn from other people who are already experts, right? The guy, your friend who owns the bar and has 10 employees already knows the headaches involved with doing payroll. You might not, but he does. Don't say, would you like to buy my payroll? Say, would you help me understand how I could incorporate this into my selling of other people like you. Right. Well, and what I like about that is is similar to what you said in a, in kind of a safe environment because you know that person, you have a relationship with that person. So you're able to be comfortable while you're learning, which kind of goes into that confidence. When we're comfortable, it's a little easier for us to be confident in what we're learning and what we're taking away from it. I love that suggestion. I think that's really applicable and helpful. And I and I do circle back to this because, I mean, I really, I know this intimately, mm-hmm. right? It is awful to be out on a sales call and not know what you're talking about and feel like it's obvious to your customer that you don't know what you're talking about. It's the worst it feeling. It is awful. But if you go in and you say, this is not a sales call, I don't know what I'm talking about. Can you help me with something? That's out of the way. Right. Right. And if they're, if you do that up front, you do it three times, do it mm-hmm. five times, do it seven times. I mean, pretend you had seven birthdays. I don't know. Uh, Why not? But, but you can do that. You can do the same thing by practicing with your peers, you know, practicing with your spouse, your kids. Like if you can explain this to your 10 year old, you probably got it right. Well, and think about the stories as from your previous point, you know, take those stories, steal stories from other people, borrow what they're sharing. You're gleaning stories from that conversation with someone who you already have a relationship with. And, you know, for, for us here, similar to what you're saying on the training side, yeah, I've sold before I've done this before I've been out there slinging cards and doing all of that, but I haven't for a while. And I'm not bold enough to sit here and say, Hey, sales squad, I have all the answers. I know it. Come to me. I can help you. I go out to our people, my team, we go out to our people and we say, Hey, Saroosh, how are you doing this? Hey, Sue, how are you doing this? And we're looking at those top producers and we're gleaning their stories. We're taking their stories that then we can turn and pass out to everyone so that these stories can continue to be told, helping our people help our people. Absolutely. And I think that's something we can do better internally is sharing those stories. And I think part of that, you know, is what these podcasts are about because you should, as a salesperson working with us, you should feel entitled to take any of these stories and use them, use them to your benefit. I mean, our, one of the big appeals of our company is that personal relationship with with our client, make it personal, right? The other thing, um, and I, I would say this is probably you know, the last of the things that I might suggest. Your Chad Brad wisdoms? (laughs) Yes. My many years, my many years in the movie industry is, um, you know, you can start, if you, if you go about it with intention, right? We talked about the motivation. We talked about 
being of the mindset that I need to learn this instead of somebody needs to teach this to me. Um, I think most salespeople are smart enough and quick enough on their feet. If they go out in the morning with the right mindset about what I'm about to share, they can they can be really great. And it's, it's really going from in the morning being the village idiot to by the afternoon being the local expert. And what I mean by that, when I was young, and I know I've talked. I had a great conversation with uh, Jerry Evans over lunch one day, and she did. She does this same thing. It's like you find an area where there's ten businesses or six businesses that all are essentially in the same kind of business. Let's say it's a, a small mom and pop restaurant, and you okay. know nothing about mom and pop restaurants, and you know practically nothing about the product, mm, right? Okay. You're going to walk in at the beginning of the day knowing that you know nothing and you're going to get kicked out for not knowing anything. So your job is not to make the sale. Your job is to figure out what can I learn from this person before they kick me out the door. Yep. What can I take away? Exactly. So by the time you leave, I mean, you've been kicked out by Bob now. And he says, there's absolutely no way that I can take any time with you. Don't you know anything between the hours of 11 and 1 o'clock? You can't call on a restaurant. Well, now I know that. So at 105... I go next door and I call on Tim and I say, hey, you know, I was just talking to Bob and I know 11 to 1 is a terrible time. Is this okay? Or are you still busy? Mm. Right now you sound like you know something about the restaurant business and you've talked to Bob. You didn't have to say Bob kicked me out, right? You're a friend to Bob for all you know, right? And by the time you go through, by the time you get to the third or the fourth thing, not only are you learning what you need to say and not say, but you also can name three or four other business owners that you have, in fact, talked to yep. that day. Yep. And so you're the local expert. And what's beautiful about that, if you go in in the morning with the attitude that that's what you're going to do in the day, you can also go back to Bob two weeks later and say, hey, Bob, I know when I came in here, I knew nothing. I'm really sorry about that. I felt really bad. I decided to go teach myself all about this. And Tim, Joe, Fred, and Sal all said that this is a problem that you guys are facing in your local community. Are you facing that too? I'd like to wow. offer you one of the solutions that I showed them that they said that would really be helpful. When would be a good time for me to come back? It can change your introduction where I know for some of our, our vets to, to sales, you know, they're like, ah, I don't need to know how to do that. I don't need to know how to do this. And, and I think to what you just said, I may go in with my initial first impression introduction. I'm going to come back later and say, Hey, I've learned. I've grown. I'm better. Now let me help you. Let me be more specific in my offer to you because I I became the local expert. I'm not the village idiot anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I again it goes back to going into it. I think if you go into things under it's okay for you to not know. You yeah. have to make that okay for yourself first and then set yourself up to be successful. If you say, I'm going to go in on my very first appointment, I'm going to close somebody on something I've never done before. Don't set your expectations that you're going to disappoint yourself. Right. But if you can set it up as part of how you're going to learn, and maybe your style needs to be a little bit different, but I guarantee you, you're not going to learn and know, I mean, you're going to learn some things by sitting in on webinars. You're going to learn some things by reading materials and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, You've got to get some experience under your belt. And if you can do that in a safe way and set yourself up for success, then the fear goes away. And then you have the confidence because you have done it. You've experienced it. You're, you're minding your mindset. You're aware of your resources and you're creating a system that you can execute. And, and I think what you said about setting your expectations properly 
and just making sure that you're not going in and trying to say, I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to, hey, you know what? Maybe you do, but don't forget the moon's a pretty great place to land. Yeah, great. You know, so Chad, I really appreciate having you in here. And I'm sure that I could keep you here a little bit longer and get a few more wisdoms out of you before we we close out. But you've got more important things to do than sit here and answer my questions all day. Well, and, and as, as do you, Angelina. And it's really been oh. a pleasure I really appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on. Can Harvey, can we make sure that we really emphasize the fact that he just shared such a sweet compliment in my direction and just make sure everybody knows I now want to be called Angelina? No, I don't. I'm still Lindsay Perry. But thank you so much, Chad. We really appreciate you joining us. Friends, thank you. Without you listening, there's no point in us doing this, so we hope you tune in next week to find out what we have for you and how you can continue your journey out of the woods. Thanks, Lindsay.